0: Well, all right, here we are once again at Pastor B's kitchen table. You know the drill, you know what time it is. This is the place we chop it up, break it up, and put it back together again. And you know, for the past weeks, I've been dealing with a very sensitive, yet very real topic, and that is about toxic relationships. And so I'm so glad to have another guest with us today. You think about just right now, just the the, the whole news media and surrounding areas, even some of your family members. Are involved in so many relationships that are filled with toxicity. So I'm glad to have some an aficionado, if you will, someone that could speak to that, especially in the realm of dealing with women. So I want you to welcome to the kitchen table, if you would, please, Dr. Tanya uh, Ingram. Dr. Ingram, will you say hello to the kitchen table audience, please?
1: Hello, kitchen table. It's so good to be with you today. <laughs> amen,
0: amen. Dr. Ingram, if you would just start us off you have a great history of working with, with specializing in women you work with a lot of women. Can you just tell us a little bit about what you've done
1: Sure, sure so currently I serve at New Faith Church um, as a director for Christian education and part of my responsibility there is to work with the women's ministry so I've worked with the women's ministry for a few years now um, helping to plan everything from fun events like painting with a twist to doing things like prayer visuals and having speakers come in that would really minister to women about the whole body. Um, my husband and I planted a church in Virginia. We were church planners for six years, and so certainly I served the women there in that congregation. Um, and in my former life, I was a dean of students and worked in higher education and spent a lot of time with uh, young women, young women of color, students, um, just helping them to navigate higher education to get to that next step.
0: Wow, praise God, what a resume. Uh, God has used you in so many different venues. That's a blessing. Uh, Now, when you hear the term toxic relationships, what comes to mind?
1: You know, when I think about toxic relationships, I think about any number of relationships. Uh, uh, Romantic relationships, uh, family relationships, work and professional relationships. But what really is the foundation of what I think a toxic relationship is that power and control Mm. are abused and they are the foundation of the relationship. Um, Instead of the foundation being trust or respect, it's power and control and really the misuse of both.
0: Yeah. Wow. Wow! Very succinct statement power and control the misuse I like what you said the misuse of it, the abuse because because it becomes a very abusive relationship
1: sure absolutely
0: now now here's the question because I want to specialize certainly with with our with our women today and is it possible for a relationship to be toxic and not be physically abusive
1: Absolutely. And so when we think about relationships, God gives us uh, one another. Um, All throughout the New Testament, we have these statements of the one another's that we ought to be kind with one another and loving and patient. And so when we think about that, you know, God brings us together to bless and to honor one another. Right. So uh, we are supposed to see the God in us that we are created in his image and and be kind and loving and compassionate towards one another. Um, but there are times when, again, we go back to that abuse. It doesn't have to be a physical slap or a punch. Mm-hmm. If there's someone who's always critical of you, if there's someone who is always putting you down, if there's someone who plays what we call mind games. So they say something, you know, they've insulted you or they've offended, and then they play like, oh no, I didn't, I didn't say it that way. You're the one who's taking it the wrong way. So between shame, trying to guilt, uh, trying to manipulate, withholding finances and support, mm. um, maligning someone or dogging someone out, uh, maligning their character. All of that is, is physical, abu- Is not physical, but all of that is abuse as well. Um, and sometimes that runs deeper. The words cut deeper um, than the physical abuse sometimes. Wow.
0: Now, you have mentored and discipled and taught younger and older women. So here's the question. This is not the stereotype, anyone. Sure. What do you hear as to the explanation as to why the person got into the relationship? How do they they end up in a a, a relationship that is toxic?
1: Sure. Well, you know, I think one of the things we have to be careful with is that even when we um, have that question and when young women or older women come and talk, about how they got into the relationship. You know, I'm very clear to tell them that you're the victim. Now you're going to be the victor because the Lord is with Mm. you. But the way you got into the relationship is as someone who should have been respectful, kind, honest, compassionate, they didn't. They abused the borders. They they breached the mm. border. And yeah. so that is part of how we get into these relationships um, where someone saw vulnerability instead of taking it upon themselves to minister or to show kindness. They exploited and abused. And so I try to help women to understand that you um, did not cause this. You did not make yeah, someone yeah. abuse you. Yeah. Uh, then sometimes it's. It's our traumas, and our traumas will impact our childhood, some unresolved issues, and we find ourselves not even realizing that we've been um, violated or we're being abused. It takes some time for us to realize that.
0: Hey, man, I'm so glad you said that because we don't want to victimize and and make it say it's it's your fault. But it it does tap into the issue of identity. Sure. So for for the ladies and and young ladies and young girls that will be watching, what do you say about that whole discovery of just an identity?
1: Sure. So one of the things that that uh, folks who are around me will always hear me say is that um, I hope that they come to know the deep and profound love that God has for them. Because when we recognize that God created us in his image and he loves us so deeply and so profoundly um, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, Then I think that can begin to unearth some of the trauma, some of the doubt, some of the low self esteem that we experience. Um, I think that, you know, we have to understand and recognize that God doesn't condemn us, that certainly we have sinned, we have fallen short. um, But when we confess our sins and we accept Christ as our Savior and we continue to try to walk and live a life that is honoring and pleasing to God, He doesn't condemn us. And I think sometimes, uh, women especially will be ashamed or have a lot of guilt and regret and really feel like I deserve this, that I asked for it, mm. that, that I'm too sassy or, I, you know, I talk too much or, you know, those kind of things. And so I think it's important when we think about identity that God shapes our identity, um, that he loves us deeply and profoundly um, and that we are enough just in and of ourselves, not our shapes, not our the length of our hair, the size of our nose, but that God God created us in his image um and he loves us.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, indeed. Amen. But I think that's so much, not even just for women, for men also. Sure. Uh, just the whole identification. We we attach ourselves to, to so many external things. And yet, and yet I always say the problem is on the inside, it's not the outside. It's manifested on the outside, but the root of the problem is on the inside. Yeah. Not, we have heart issues, we have identity issues and all mm-hmm. those kind of things that so someone is dating or someone is engaged and they're saying, well, what, what are some signs? Cause everything seems to be going smoothly right now. And I love him and he loves me and you know, he put a ring on it. So, <laughs> so what are some signs to really tell if, if the possibility exists? Cause maybe there's some red flags that I've been missing.
1: Sure, so, you know, One of the things that um, we often see when we read about toxic relationships or uh, domestic violence um, is that this idea of excessive jealousy where, you know, the person loves you so much that they can't live without you and they begin to, you know, isolate you. So now you can't go on a girl's night out. You know, you can't stay at your mama's house too long. You can't hang out with your sister. So when you start to see these really controlling behaviors, I think, you know, that's a red flag. I think other red flags are things like uh, being uh, condescending, Humiliating public humiliation, anger, Mm -hmm. and you know, the most important thing is because it's going to look good for I mean, it's going to look different for everyone. But when the person breaches your borders, so you ought to be able to say, here's what I will go for. Here's what I want. And when you start feeling that way, don't ignore. I don't know if it's something in your belly, if your neck gets tight, if your eye starts to twitch. (laughs) I don't know what it is, but whatever your thing is, when that happens, you got to listen to that. Um, Because in some cases, you know, back to the toxic relationship, sometimes it's just a mismatch. I mean, you know, some people are very sarcastic and they you're always joking. if you're sensitive and you can't take all of that, yeah. that's not the right person for you. And so that could be that toxic relationship that could turn into some abuse because that's just not how you're made. And yeah. so we've got to pay attention to, you know, especially as believers, the Holy spirit and dwelling in us, if that's a chat that then you've got to listen to that and, and not, um, and a lot of times women will excuse it away. Or, oh, I'm sensitive. Well, maybe you are, but then you need to get with someone who's sensitive and will, will honor that side of you and appreciate that side of you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dr. Ingram, there's someone saying, you're walking down my road. You got my name, over, everything <laughs> you can say. And, and, and the question they're asking, you mentioned the word borders. And they're asking, Well, what are some borders that I should have up? I never thought about borders before, but I heard you say it. So what are some borders that I should have erected?
1: Sure. So, so borders or boundaries. So, you know, I, I don't claim to be be an expert, but when I think about you know uh, uh, theology, I look at the book of Colossians, yeah. and how in the third chapter it talks about setting your affections on things that are above, and then it goes very specifically into you know no filthy communication. I mean, it it just lays out yeah. you know how we ought to live, and so if you know like. The tone of voice that I need you to watch your tone of voice with me. Um, I need someone who, when it's time to handle a conflict, that we do it in a respectful way. Um, you know, so those are the things. And I think as women, we have to be reflective, sit down and just kind of think about uh, write out. Like, here's what I value. Here's what I want. And here are my non-negotiables. And so I'm not saying looking for Mr. Perfect because he doesn't exist. Um, You know, it's but at the same time, here's what I can't negotiate on. And so being self-aware and then being courageous enough to say, I'd rather be alone. um, Yeah. Than to 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 lay down my boundaries and just to let somebody walk all over me to have this appearance of. Um, So I think that that's really important to know yourself and to know what you value.
0: Amen. Amen. Scripture talks about bad company, corrupting good morals.
1: Yeah.
0: Who you're running with, who you're associating with. Mm
1: -hmm. There
0: there there's the question now they're saying, man, I wish I would have heard this 20, 30 years ago. I've been in this relationship. And, and the question they're asking that in your history of, of mentoring, discipling, educating, uh, have you seen anyone in a toxic relationship and a relationship reverses or they get out? Because they, they're looking for hope. So where's the hope?
1: Sure. So I certainly have, you know, the reality is and and if I can pause, Pastor Bobby, just thank you so much for doing this topic and just for having a heart, um, you know, for women and being so practical. So thank you so much for that. Um, You know, what I think is that, you know, we see it on the continuum. So on one end, there is divorce or separation. The relationship dissolves. But on the other end, I have seen um, women and Couples go into therapy, and I would recommend that you get to that Christian counselor or that licensed professional counselor um, who can talk with you about relationships, Dynamics. And also, sometimes you need to have your own individual counseling because there are traumas that we face through life, and we have some individual work that we need to do. So it's not just, can he make me happy? But Mm -hmm. what do I need to do to give myself over so God can heal me and mold me and shape me and that kind of thing? But I certainly have seen where couples have totally turned it around. They have found out how to talk to each other, and it's work. It's work, but, you know, it's worth it. Um, But I think that having professional help, wise counsel, if this is how it's been for the last 30 years, just to be practical, you're not going to bust down the door and, you know, start telling people laying down the law um, that that may not go over well. But certainly I've seen couples who have been able to salvage and not only just survive, but thrive in their relationship.
0: Amen. 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 Healing. Healing is possible
1: absolutely
0: wow that's a that's a good word because the people are wondering okay yeah where's the hope there is hope there's hope in in Jesus Christ and so it can happen that's that's a great great word yeah I want to give you the last word Dr. Ingram I want to give you the last word as to they've been listening and they've been amening what you've been saying and it's, it's it's making them look at themselves a little different in the mirror perhaps even look a little different at their boo in the mirror. <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole lot of looking going on right sure. now. But there's also fear. Sure. So can you say a word? Because you talked about it's work. It's not going to happen immediately. But they're afraid. And so can you speak the word to the sister who knows that God is calling her to this but she's so afraid?
1: Sure, sure. Well, you know, the scripture tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. And again, I go back to this idea of God, his love for us is so deep and so profound. And yet he is so powerful that he can bring to pass in our lives what he wants to. So I think, you know, we have to confess that fear. We have to give that fear to God and make a great exchange. Um, the Bible says he'll give us beauty for ashes and strength for fear. And we have to rely on the strength of God in our lives. And we got to get our community. So you need some good girlfriends, some good God-fearing praying girlfriends that are not going to give you ungodly and unwise advice, but are going to talk to you practically um, and just help you to see um, God's love for you. Uh, And then Again, I think it's important. I'm a believer in in pulling in resources. So, you know, there's uh, all types of organizations. There's the National Association for Victims of Domestic Abuse. Um, There's even a chapter here in Houston. So I think it's important to get to those resources so that you can develop your plan on, you know, are you staying? Are you going? If you're staying, what does this look like? And to really help you to walk, walk it out. But again, uh, God loves us and God is our protector. Um, and so to that sister that's afraid, you know, I, I can truly say that God will protect you. He will keep you. He will yeah. watch over you um, if you just give this to him um, and then listen to the guidance of the Holy Spirit and making wise decisions and wise choices.
0: Amen. What a word. Amen. Amen. It's time for the benediction, my sister. Amen. That is awesome. Kitchen table, you've heard it. I want you to share with your family and your friends and loved ones. Share this because this is the biblical truth. This is the reality of what's being shared of history. None of us are perfect, but God desires a better way of us living life on a higher level. And I know some of you are saying, yeah, you're talking about the women, but I'm coming to you also, brother. You hang on. But I want to start with the sisters, because God desires to be healthy and whole. And this is the pathway forward to us walking in a pathway in wholeness. The Bible says "For freedom that Christ set us free. And this is about liberty. So, Dr. Ingram, I want to thank you. God bless you. God keep you. Thank you for your ministry. Kitchen table. Record it. Listen to it over and over again. And I'm going to see you next Friday right here at the kitchen table. Be blessed.